What in the world is up with the Wars? After a month without a win, we look at where the Warriors are going wrong and if they can turn things around. For that and everything else worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you listen to podcasts. How do you get the experience to get a job if no one will give you a shot at a similar job to get the experience you need? Quite the conundrum for female rugby coaches, with only one applying for the role with the Black Ferns and then missing out. Whitney Hansen's with us to talk pathways to success and the shade her father threw after last year's Rugby World Cup win. Took about, you know, two minutes and he's like, oh well, only two more to go now to beat me. (laughs) We asked Black Ferns Director of Rugby, Alan Bunting, about taking charge of the world champs and what scares him the most. And if you went to the gym this morning, well done, but meet someone who can probably deadlift you and the weight you lifted. We're talking super strong people. Kia ora, I'm Zoe George and this is the Podium Sports News, but not as you know it, from Stuff. It's been the talk of the sports world, our world champion Black Ferns now having an all-male coaching team. As the game pushes towards more female representation and growing the women's game, what does it say when arguably one of the highest profile female coaches didn't even apply? I asked Whitney Hanson why she didn't throw her hat in the ring. Yeah, look, it was a really, really tough decision because I love that space and there's a lot of very special people in there that I care lots about, um, including Tony Christie, who I love coaching with. Um, but I, I think one of the big drivers for me and ultimately what was the decision maker in around taking this head of rugby role was we're not sustainable at the top. Um, we don't have the systems and the infrastructure underneath to continue to make um, great black ferns and I don't think we're doing a good enough job of capturing all the talent across the South Island or even in New Zealand. So there's a piece there for me where, um, you know, when and if I do get an opportunity to go back in there, I want the legacy to be one of greatness and to do that, it needs to be sustainable. So yes, this new role that you've taken, Head of Rugby at Matatu, uh, Super Rugby Opiki franchise, is that a more beneficial job for you right now than, than staying in the Black Ferns environment? I think they're just different. Um, you know, one of the things I really want to develop um, is my leadership and uh, I haven't had a lot of opportunity to do that in the spaces that I've been in so far so this is a, a big one um, you know not all of it we even know what the job description is yet but um, what we do know is that it'll be uh, leading a space in, um, and it is going to be groundbreaking and um, so it'll, that will present the challenges I think I need the most in this next step. Is it a full-time gig? Yeah it is so um it's pretty cool. It comes with a few little perks, but I won't brag about those on here. Go on, you can if you want. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, no, I won't, I won't, I won't. Um, but, um, yeah, look, it's um, it's pretty exciting that the Crusaders, um, Matatu and Canterbury Rugby have put this role together. It is the first of its kind, and it would be awesome to see more of them across the country and um, more unions and franchises working together to create something like this. Well, we'll come back to coaching in a second, but Super Rugby Opiki was only five weeks this season and I was like really getting into it and then it finished. So what are you hoping Super Rugby Opiki looks like from next year and beyond? Yeah, I, I think um, everyone wants it to go longer. Uh, it's an exciting product and for everyone who's involved, it goes way too quickly. Um, I think the two things for me would be one, we get a really decent pre-season um, because that's the space where you get genuine games with athletes and it's huge for player development and coach development, to be fair, everyone who's involved. Um, so, yeah, real opportunity to, to grow your craft and then the second part being um, that players are full-time. 
Um, it's a tough ask when you're, you know, working the front end of the week and then coming into four assembly days and one of those being Sunday, there's not really a lot of time off. So mentally and physically, like, that's quite taxing. Um, and I don't think we get the best out of our players and probably won't until we go full-time. New Zealand Rugby want to reach 20% female coaches across all levels by 2033. Is that possible and what kind of support and pathways have been like thus far and how do they need to change yeah like I, I think the um the strategy that they've um put out is a step in the right direction and you can see that with some of the roles that they're creating in that space that we we're heading that way um yeah again you know the more um opportunities people get to be in those spaces the more we're going to see them in there so opportunities like the role I've got where um, you know you're full-time coaching and I think I'm the only one outside of that Black Ferns um, space that is actually full-time so even not even necessarily full-time but part-time opportunities and professional opportunities to coach we're going to see them grow um, and there's a, there's a lot more of those in the men's space so there's a pressure there I guess in and around um, franchises and provincial unions now to follow us and um, and create opportunities for the women in those spaces. We talk about women coaching women's rugby, but what about women coaching men's rugby? How far off is that and will would you coach the All Blacks? Yeah, it's um I, I think that we um in in any coaching space, like we just want to see great coaches of the game. So in women's rugby I think it's so important that we have great females and male coaches in that space and you know, as um, as it develops and as um, females develop in the in the coaching space in New Zealand, I'd love to see more crossover into that men's space as well. Um, as for me and the All Blacks, for I don't know, I'd love to go back into the Black Ferns first. The last Hanson we had on was your dad the day after the Rugby World Cup final, uh, and he was delightful and and he was talking about how proud he was of you. It was so lovely. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty awesome support. It was very funny after the World Cup. I um, I joke because um, he afterwards, he's just like super proud and he's like, congratulations, and then took about, you know, two minutes and he's like, oh, well, only two more to go now to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> only two more to go. You can do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. A bit of shade there from Sir Steve to end. New Black Ferns Director of Rugby, Alan Bunting, told media this week he picked his assistants based on experience. One woman had applied to be part of the team but wasn't recruited. I asked Bunting how women are supposed to get the right experience when they're not even being hired for roles, but I started by asking if he's feeling the heat about taking over a world champion machine. I know, I know there's always expectations and, and pressure there, but I, I'm probably excited about the potential of the Black Ferns and, and the growth of women's rugby in New Zealand and, and my, my purpose, really why I do things and I've got to make sure I place myself where I am living my purpose, then you'll get my passion as um, you know, seeing and feeling the potential and bringing it to life. So that's where I sort of base most of my thinking. Mm, what do you do with a team like this that is, you know, 12 months ago where they were 12 months ago and then six months after that they won the World Cup and they're at the top of the world? What do you do with a team who is riding that wave? Well, it was obviously an amazing experience and, you know, for our ladies to get there just <laughs> in the end. It was a pretty special moment, but... Um, you know, it's about bringing everyone back to earth now, and you know, we've got a lot of work to do. Really building the foundations now to, for the next World Cup, so we don't have to call in the the cavalry for the <laughs> for the next World Cup. 
<laughs> well, yes, last World Cup, uh, the team had sevens players and they're not in the squad at the moment. They're off uh, focusing on playing sevens and, and looking towards the Rugby World Cup. But there have been some changes within the team. There's some players that have new players that have come in and some players that have come out. But we've got an entirely new coaching staff, you leading it with three new assistant coaches, all men. And this has been quite a talking point within rugby, particularly women's rugby over the last week. So why did only one woman apply for that job and why are we not seeing any women in this in these coaching roles? Yeah, well, you know, the, the ladies that are almost there are, you know, they're probably leaders of programs um, and doing really well at, at the moment. Um, so I, I guess it's you know, how do we get more ladies in coaching roles throughout all all of our levels and, um, you know, I guess with women's rug, uh, 15 is just going professional now having an opportunity to you know, live in that space and and you know operate in that space and you know get them more experience and you know so that they probably feel a whole lot more confident too to put their foot forward and and so that when they you know when it comes to this time again they're, they're ready how do we give women experience so that they have the experience to then have the experience with the black ferns yeah, well, Opiki's, you know, once that competition expands and broadens and then, you know, you're going to have, you know, it's, that, that competition's critical for us. We get a, you know, 110 athletes that come out the back of that and and then we've got our, our black ferns that are ready to, to roll and um, so that's probably the the stepping stone. That's what Opiki means. What do you need for Opiki to look like for it to be a successful pathway for not only athletes but for coaches? Definitely needs to be a bit longer. I, you know, I know it's, you know, it was in its infancy, and there's a whole lot of. It's not just about saying, "Hey, we're going to slam this whole competition in and and let it rip." So it's gone like that for two years. But no, I think it is the time now to to expand it a bit. Did you look abroad for coaches to come and feed into the Black Ferns? It's something that we see in the men's game. Is this something that you looked at for for the Black Ferns this year? We knew we probably had the coaches in here and. Um, no, so we, we probably definitely tried to stay local. And what are you hoping to achieve this week with training? It's all week, which is very exciting. Then they are back off to their hubs and then they're back together again in May before they go to Australia and then Canada. So busy time for the players. But what are you hoping to achieve this week? Yeah, well, mostly, you know, we, there's a whole lot of introductions this week. There's new people. You know, I'm, I'm quite new too in this role. I, you know, I was only with the Black Ferns for, for six months. So it's, it's about building our relationships, getting our connections right, you know, taking the, the greatness, you know, the goodness that was, you know, achieved over that World Cup bit and, and carrying that through. But, you know, we've got some exciting new people, not not just coaches, you know, managers and um, people in there that are going to bring new and exciting new things and so how do we bring that together and, and move along quite quickly? Before you were appointed, I asked some of the players uh, when they were at Parliament for the presentation of the Rugby World Cup who they thought should be the coach of the Black Ferns. And most of them, well, actually all of them that I asked said you, which is very nice. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I didn't know that. <laughs> they talk about rugby and winning and success, but you know, the, the, the goal that I can take out of being able to coach our ladies is you know the relationships that you have for life and... Um, you know that's that's worth more than you know the rugby and the winning. Love it, Alan Bunting. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Zoe. Speaking of the players, they're keen to have a longer Opeki season too. Look, Kelsey Thwaite said it all felt a bit quick. I don't know what the 
what the big dogs are planning but um, obviously yeah, at least another round would be awesome um, against each other or expand to Aussie I'm not sure what the plan is but yeah you kind of just just get things going and get through every all the content you need to and then it's over so yeah it'd be really awesome to keep that going. And flanker Kendra Reynolds had some serious thoughts about how to change things up. Players would love to see that competition um, um, grow definitely next year I mean thoughts of like a, a double round finishing um, with playoffs at the end and I think you started to see some really great rugby towards the end there um, what also needs to increase with the games is that pre-season build up so that we can put out a better product um, so let's go New Zealand RPA and New Zealand rugby um, see if we can get closer to the, towards that end goal would be nice. Female representation is a big deal for New Zealand rugby Right now, they're on the precipice of losing close to $600,000 in Sport New Zealand funding if they can't get another female board member. The AGM is next week, so for now, it's Watch This Space. Let's look at some other sport away from rugby now. It's one of the most anticipated clashes in New Zealand sport, with multi-Olympic gold medalist Dame Lisa Carrington and 2021 World K1 500 metre champion Amy Fisher squaring off in the K1 500 at the Canoe Racing Nationals at Lake Karapiro starting Friday, with one progressing to the world champs. Last year it was Carrington, who will it be this year? Paralympics New Zealand has backed the New Zealand Olympic Committee's expressed interest to host the 2034 Commonwealth Games, which under a new model could see the Games held across the country instead of one city. Sport Minister Grant Robertson has also backed a potential bid. And exciting times this weekend with the long-distance Waka Ama Nationals and Fitiyanga. These crews are paddling anywhere between 8 and 26 kilometres, depending on the event. Absolute madness. You can find all the details online at wakaama.co.nz. Do you think you're strong? Well, now's your chance to prove how strong you really are at the Manawatu Strongman and Woman competition this weekend in Palmerston North. Amongst them is Hiniwai Houseman, who is currently the second strongest woman in Aotearoa. She's also a major sponsor and organiser of this weekend's event, and she's totally fierce. Kia ora, Hiniwai. Welcome to the podium. Kia ora, Zoe. Thank you for having me. What does the word strong mean to you? Oh, good question. Um, strong to me means that you know who you are and you embrace who you are and, um, yeah, you're confident, you're fierce, like you say, and obviously it helps when you're physically strong as well. <laughs> well, obviously, if you're competing in a strong person competition, being physically strong is a benefit. How much weight are you lifting? Like, how much weight can you lift? So deadlift, I can deadlift 260 kgs. That's my best for you. Wow! Wow! That's amazing! Yeah, it's heavy. It's and I mean, like being an open strong woman, you don't have a weight class, so it's an unlimited weight limit. So you've got to be pretty strong to compete with the big girls. And what are the guys lifting in these types of competitions? Oh, silly amounts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the men, the open men on the silver dollar deadlift this weekend, they're deadlifting for reps, three hundred kgs. Whoa. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So you mentioned weight classes. Is strong competition for everyone? Like what are weight classes and, and how does it vary? Yeah, yeah. So um strong man and strong man and strong woman, they have their own weight classes. So strong man we've got all the way from under sixty, under seventy, under eighty, under ninety, under one oh five, and then open. So open is anything over one oh five kgs. And then for women it's under sixty four. 
under 73, under 82, and then open woman. So anyone over 82 kgs is in the open class. And then we've also got, at Manawatu's, we have a novice um, category, so novice man and novice woman, where if you've got less than one year strongman experience or one year competing, um, you can jump into the novice just to give it a go. And that way we kind of get a good range of people that might have wanted to try it before or kind of saw us training and we're like, oh, I'd be interested in giving that a go. Um, they can just come on in and, and have a bit of fun and not have the pressure of having to win against all these more um, experienced lifters. Uh, what's the community like? Is it really supportive? Do you cheer yeah. for each other? Oh, yeah, definitely. You'll find no one yelling louder for you than your competitors, pretty much. Um, it's, yeah, it's really, it's a great community of um, of strength. And we're trying to, me, that's why I'm organising and I'm sponsoring this event because I want more women to come into lifting and I want them to pick up a barbell and find their own confidence and, yeah, be fierce and um, strong. Is there an ideal body type to be a strong person? So Philippa, who's our, our lovely producer, is very tall and quite thin, and I am fun-sized and quite voluptuous. So, is you know, what's the perfect body type for this? Oh, it's all body types. Um, that's also why we have weight classes. So if you're a naturally smaller person, um, you're not going to be very competitive in the open. Um so that you can be under 82 if you like. There's advantages and disadvantages to being short, to being tall. Um, obviously, when you pick up a sandbag and you have to put it over a weight, taller people are advantaged. It's just right there. They pop it over. But um, often when you're shorter, you're closer to the ground. So you can pick up things a little bit easier or you might be able to deadlift a little bit easier. You've got shorter arms and you can press. But you'll see all sorts of physiques, um, all sorts of um, body shapes and sizes. The under certain weight classes, the lighter weight classes, they're often pretty jacked um, <laughs> and lean. And then the opener, a little bit more cushion. <laughs> um, no, but we're all different. We're all short, tall, everything. It's for everyone, really. All right. So this weekend, tell me about the event. Where is it? When is it? What time is it? How do we get down there to support it? How many competitors have you got? So this weekend at the square, um, we kick off at 11 a.m. So you can have a sleep in and then get a coffee and come down. Um, and we'll be going from 11 a until about 2 o'clock. We've got about 27 competitors and eight of them are novice men, so that's at, that's usually our biggest weight class because men want to try out heavy stuff. So we've got a pretty pretty good lineup of athletes, and um, we're excited to put on a bit of a show for our for the crowd. There will be uh, food carts, so come come down, Heidi Mai, get a kai. Um, we'll have speakers, we'll have good vibes, um, and yeah, come down, yell at us. Tell us we're shit so we can try harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, thank you so much. Best of luck. I can't wait to see some of this competition. It's going to be very exciting. Yep, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. And that's it for the podium. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of our guests this week, producers Jono Williams and Philip Tolly, and sound engineer Connor Scott, thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us now. Who do you think could be the first female All Blacks coach? Email thepodium at stuff.co.nz. Until next week, kakete anō, go well. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. 
So, for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.